open uh, the Bible with me. We're going to read um, uh, just a moment. Uh, it's Proverbs uh, 31. I want to, uh, this morning, uh, in honor of all of our um, uh, mothers that are here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And uh, this uh, being M uh, Mother's Day, I uh, want to uh, dedicate uh, this uh, sermon to them uh, and uh, all those that may watch online later. And uh, my mom, my two grandmothers, um, uh, my mom lives in Bullhead City. Uh, she's been my mom for the last 42 years. Uh, and uh, uh, my great-grandmother's uh, grandma, Jackie, who lives um, in Globe, uh, Arizona. This is my uh, father's mother. Uh, and uh, also uh, my uh, grandma, Ann, who now lives in Bullhead City, uh, who is my mom's mom. And so I still have uh, both my grandmothers, uh, both uh, my grandfathers have passed away, uh, but um, uh, dedicating uh, this uh, to... Uh, them. I want to uh, preach uh, and uh, believe God to help us this morning. I read an article and uh, the article actually took place or the, ha the uh, uh, event happened uh, here uh, in California, uh, Calabasa or something. I, I can't remember the city. Yeah, uh, Calabasa, California. Uh, but um, uh, the headline of the article was Mother Fights Off Mountain Lion. To save a five-year-old son. Do any of you remember reading this? It was in the news some time back. Uh, but it says a mother saved her five-year-old son from a mountain lion after it attacked her boy in her front yard uh, in um, the home there in Calabasas, California. A uh, wildlife official said the child was taken to a local hospital where he was put in stable condition. The lion had actually drugged him. Her son, 45 yards from her house, and she ran outside. She immediately started striking and punching at the lion and managed to fend this lion off of her son and went on to say this mom's an absolute hero who saved her son's life. There's no question about it. You know, this speaks to the nature of motherhood and Moms that will do anything to defend their children. Uh, and uh, in this case, it was a mountain lion that had to meet the fury of um, a young five-year-old's mother. Uh, what I want to preach, and I've 
truthfully never seen this like this before in this proverb. I've always jumped right into the virtuous woman when it comes to Proverbs 31. You immediately uh, think of the virtuous woman, but uh, I'm actually going to be preaching on the first seven verses of Proverbs 31. And, you know, virtuous woman uh, comes later on, I'm starting in verse number 10. But what I found so fascinating in my study, and maybe this was a no-brainer to some of you, you may have caught this and recognized this, but uh, the, uh, the uh, title, or as you begin to read before, and acknowledge who wrote this. This was actually a mother's words to a son. These were a, a mom speaking these words to a king a Lemuel, possibly young in age. And she's giving these words. And so when you read Proverbs 31, you may think, well, these are words from you know, a man to his son, or, you know, these were just some words that a man came, or a, another woman. No, these were words from a mother to a son. So, therefore, I have entitled my sermon, Mother to Son Conversation. Proverbs 31, verses 1 through 7. The Bible says that the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him, what, my son, and what, son of my womb, and what, son of my vows? Do you not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings? It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all that, all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Father, I'm asking God this morning, your anointing upon your word. God, minister, help us today. I'm asking God to... Give me understanding. I'm asking for your anointing, communicating this message. God, I pray, help us today. We're careful to give you praise. We ask your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's consider first this morning a mother's eye or a mother's perspective. Now, no doubt the influence of godly mothers is one of the most crucial influences of all of life. Very interesting, as I've already mentioned, the book of Proverbs, you know, it opens, if you've read through the entire proverb, starting Proverbs 1 all the way through 31, it opens by stating the benefits of fearing the Lord. The begin, you know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so Proverbs opens up by telling us the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. But then Proverbs 31, which is the final chapter of the book of Proverbs, ends with a picture of a woman who has fulfilled this command. So I think this is quite fascinating. The book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, the fear of the Lord. And you read through Proverbs, you know, profound wisdom, one of the greatest books of wisdom ever written. 
And so opening with the fear of the Lord and then how you close the proverb or the book of wisdom, it gives you this picture of this woman who has obeyed the commands of God, who fears the Lord and who is virtuous. If I might add, this was written or spoken at least by a mother to a son. Proverbs 31 from a mother to her son. And so this is a conversation. And the virtuous woman that no doubt many of you have heard sermons about. How many have heard a sermon about the virtuous woman before? The virtuous woman of chapter 31 is a mother-to-son conversation. Quite fascinating to me. It was defined, a virtuous woman was not defined by a husband or a father or, you know, a, a prophet, so to speak. But the virtuous woman was actually defined by a mother. So this really, uh, uh, really opens the understanding of a mother's influence. What do moms say to their sons? And I'm going to... I'm not going to leave out daughters. I'm not going to, this is actually uh, from, um, you know, the perspective of a mother to her children. But I really do want to specify and just give some time to this thought of a mother specifically speaking to her son. What does a mom say to her sons? And so the scripture opens up with mom saying what three times? Anytime you See the repetition of the same word three times. This was used for emphasis. So here's a mother who is uh, very much uh, emphasizing the struggle that she faced in giving her son the best advice she could possibly come up with. So she says, what, my son? Another translation says, what should I say to you? What, uh, son of my vow? And uh, finally, what son of my womb? And so she's really struggling here and wanting to give the absolute best advice that she can possibly give to her son. How many mothers here have ever struggled to give good advice to your children? Wanting to give them the right Words, the right counsel, the right wisdom, the right understanding. This mother was very much concerned about the what. What should I say? And three times she asked, asked this. And as you begin to really ponder this, it's not very easy, especially in crucial times in life, to come up with the right words to say from mothers to her children. But see, this is a struggle for the right words. And I want you to know, as moms this morning, your influence and the power that your words carry are unmatched to every other contrary influence that's in this world. All the other voices, all the other persuasions, all the other people that are fighting for the attention of your children. How many know that's happening today? 
There are many people that are fighting for the attention of children. They want their attention. They want their minds. They want to shape them. They want to mold them. They want to influence them for their own agendas and their own emotives. But I remind you this morning that God has given you privilege in their lives. And children will listen to the voice of their mother first most often than they will before other voices. So this details or gives us this thought of what is a mother's perspective towards her children. How many know the motives a mother has for her children? A godly mother, a mom that loves God, her motives for her children are going to be different than the motives that other people have for their children, right? The youth today, you know, motives that big tech have for children are not the same as godly mothers for their children. The motives that the schools have for children are not the same motives that a godly mother would have for her children. So a wise mother's perspective for her son, for her children is going to be very different than other perspectives and other opinions. Now, everybody today has an opinion, right? Everybody thinks that they're right. Everybody you know, has a, this is what you should do, and this is how you should say it, and this is how you should raise your kids. But now we understand the Word of God has the best instruction and advice and I pray to God that this would help some of you mothers today. See, it's obvious that this mother-to-son conversation was very important to her. Proverbs 31, mother-to-son conversation. She went into great detail, right? When you read Proverbs 31, I mean, you know, you probably didn't just write this in a day. You didn't just come up off the cuff unless this woman was extremely extremely gifted, brilliant, and, you know, literally prophesying. You know, she gave some thought into this. As you read Proverbs 31, there is great detail. There's a lot that's in there. I mean, we could preach many sermons for Proverbs 31. But this is her perspective. Deep thought. And she goes into great detail to give her son tremendous wisdom. See, a mother's foresight or being able to see the future. See, mom knows what lies ahead for her son. In this story, she knew the challenges that her son was going to face. She knew something about men, okay? She's a mother. She knew something. She's had children. And so she knows something about men. She knows some things about life. And she knows that her son is yet to be a man. He's not a man. He's just a child. And she's giving him this wisdom. And she understands and values wisdom. She has obeyed the commands of God. And now she is imparting all that she knows and has experienced in life. And now she's giving this to her son in a conversation. She's a loving mother. Her current interests are embodied in the future of her son. Therefore, she's doing her very best to position her son for all that's going to lie ahead 
for him. So this is a mother's perspective. I value his future. I value the challenges. And I want to give him wisdom. I want to position him for what I know that lies await that he yet has knowledge of. Number two, in a perspective of a godly mother, you're going to see that a mom will always fight for her children. No doubt there is a battle that is going on for the minds of our youth today, for the mind, the attention of our children. A war has been waged against children, their minds, and the battle is on. The battle is real. It's a very real fight. And who better to fight for their children than mothers? Godly mothers that, that would fight and we have to ask ourselves, well, how do we fight or how does the Bible give us wisdom concerning this fight for our children? See, we know that children don't stay young forever. And God has given you as a mom privilege to the most formidable years of life. The early years of life where a mind is being fashioned and shaped and molded for a future. A mom has uh, within her privilege a gift given by God, uh, that which God has given to a mother, her children, a gift of you have those years to form and develop, to help a child in how their mind is going to be set for the rest of their lives. A special bond that you have, God has given you with children that no other possess. Yes, this world wants their, their influence. The world wants their minds. The schools want the mind of your children. I mean, oh, the devil wants the minds of children, wants uh, their attention, wants to shape their minds in iniquity and unrighteousness. The world is fighting to uh, pervert the minds of young children today. What I want you to see is God has designed and given first privilege to you. God's given you a privilege that these others do not have, that the schools, that the devil, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the media, and on and on and on. They do not have first privilege unless you surrender that over to them. First privilege is given to you. You have a bond, a God-given bond with your children that others do not possess. Verse 2, this mother acknowledges that and says, Oh, what? Son of my womb. Or in other words, uh, there is already something happening. Uh, this bond is developing between uh, this mother and her child uh, in the womb. This is something that is God-given. A mother has the full attention of a child's early days. God has given the privilege to you. The gift is yours. A child will spend the early years of his life, mother's willing. If this is the desire of a mom, if a mom wants it, the mom has the full attention of a child. God has designed in humanity that a child, a baby, will naturally desire his mom's attention. Want the tension, want the nurture, will desire to eat from the mother. This is how God created it. It is a child's 
attention fixed upon mom. This is God's gift to you. You have the ability to fashion, to shape the way your children are going to think the rest of their lives. Billy Sunday once said, there is more power in a mother's hand than in a king's scepter. So let's move on and let's look at how this place as a mother allows you access to the inmost parts of humanity. A mother has primary access to a child's thoughts, a child's behavior, a child's desire, and their emotions. Verse 2, she says, and what? Son of my vows, or this links covenant. The word vow is a, a word like when we give vows in marriage or we give vows to God or we give vows to one another. This speaks about covenant. This speaks about bonds that are closer than just friendship, that are closer than just a, you know, a, a contract or signing your name on a dotted line. A vow is meant to be a covenant unbroken. And so this mom is saying, oh, what? Son of my vows, or there is a vow I have connected to God. This God's a part of this relationship. Our relationship together is inclusive. Uh, from the very womb, I had already begun to make vows before God, and you were a part of that. You know, Google and Amazon, TikTok, Meta, on and on and on and on and on, collect as much data as they can about the behavior patterns of children. That's no, that ain't, you know, conspiracy. It's happening, okay? You know, every time you search Google, every time, you know, your kid wants to play a game or whatever, and, they, you know, they're going to collect that data. They want to know the appetites of children today, and they're going to market that. But see, God has given you intimate access into their lives and into their personality as I mentioned, this scripture reveals that covenant is involved. Having children is spiritual. It's not just, oh, you know, I have a baby, and you know, that's what that's what this whole uh, abortion movement is pushing. Uh, that you know, that 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 you know, having a baby is you know, it's spiritual. You know, today it's a big push. Well, it's my body and da, 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 and on and on. No, it's not. This is a spiritual thing. This is something that God has placed in creation. And this is why it's being fought. This is why we're seeing this in the news today because it is a very spiritual matter. But see, in having this closeness or this intimate Time with a child, it is here that a mother must be aware. Media awareness, what is a child watching? What are they looking at? What is happening at school? What, who are their friends? Uh, what are they doing with their time? Knowing what's in the heart of your child is one of the best weapons God has given you in the fight for your children. How many understand a mother understands what a child does not say? Right? Mom can look at her children and say, you may not be saying it, but I know what's going on. This is something that God has given you. This is a weapon to use to 
fight with. And it is right here that God has given the ability and placed it in the hands of mothers for such a purpose. So I want to look secondly at a mother's instruction. Now we know that you could be the best mother in the world and do all the right things and still have children that go astray. This is no mark towards condemnation, but you know, this is what we do as Christians. We take what the Word of God says, we live it, and we, you know, we have faith. It doesn't mean that people can't go contrary. It doesn't mean that people won't uh, rebel against it. It doesn't mean that a child uh, is going to hear all that you've given and all that you say, and then one day just turn away from that. It's no guarantee, but I mean, this is what God has given us. So what is the best instruction? Who to better know the temptations that lie ahead for a son than a wise mother? I mean, this is what this proverb is about. She is now instructing him with warnings. The best way to instruct her son, the best way of giving him wisdom in which he can understand comes in the form of a warning. And I will tell all children Sons, especially here this morning that are young in age, listen carefully to the warnings of a godly mother. Did you hear that? Can I get one amen from one young man? Okay, thank you. Listen carefully to the warning of a godly mother. When your mom warns you about something, just don't say, oh, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I got this figured out, mom. Okay, when mom, a godly mom tells you, I'm warning you, don't do this. Don't blow that off. Don't shrug that off. Don't say, oh, mom's crazy. Mom probably knows something that you don't. So the number one thing that comes right out, and remember, in context of Proverbs 31, this is not just a woman that's just throwing things out. No, this is a very well thought out, very wise woman, Proverbs 31. Incredible wisdom in this chapter. And of all the wisdom that this woman possesses and what she's going to tell her son first, what does, he, what does she tell him? What does she say? Verse 3. Do not give your strength to women. Out of all, come on, mom, give me some better advice. You know, what's the best thing you can tell me, prepare me for my future? What is it that, you know, you have all this wisdom. You know, I'm going to be king one day. I'm going to be a king of a, of, a, of a kingdom. What is the best advice that you can give me? She warns him against immorality. Although this advice is directed towards young men, young women should heed to it as well. Every person is going to be tempted in this area of life. And this mom isn't going to allow her children to be naive and simple-minded to the lies of immorality. A child void of instruction becomes vulnerable to many temptation and the promise fulfilled and the satisfaction of the lie of immorality. 
know, immorality, lust, perversion will tell you, oh, this is going to be a good life. Oh, this is going to be so pleasurable, so satisfying, so desirable. Oh, the world will, you know, in, in immorality, you just go after it, man. Just chase the girls, go after them, and they're going to make you happy. You can say the same for the girls. Oh, the boys are going to make you happy. You go chase those boys. You know, have your way with them, and they're just going to give you all that you've ever imagined. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's going to rob you and rip you off. That's what this mom is telling her son. I mean, many promising characters have been ruined by vile women. Can't say that these days, can you? See, mom has something to say when it comes to nasty girls. <laughs> I said it. Yep, I did. This is not a man talking to his son. This is not dad saying, son, you want to watch out for those girls. It's mom saying, you better watch out for some of these nasty girls. How many have ever met a nasty girl? They're there. Trust me. Nasty girls. Immoral unclean and desire to uh, use sexuality to entice to seduce uh, and to as the scripture says ultimately rob you of your strength your future and your destiny oh not me i'm a strong man i you know that it's me you no know, you're being robbed you're being taken to the bank and that's what this mom tells her son don't get mad at me okay remember this was mom talking to her son i'm just kind of re-saying it See, mom is warning her son about immoral women. Women who will exploit the strength of a man through lust. She knows that one of the primary temptations of her son is going to be women. And her advice, do not give your strength to women. And can I tell you, this fits both sides. I'm not being sexually biased here and saying it's all, all nasty women. I understand that there's nasty boys and I get it. See how many old boys can't do nothing unless girls say yes? Right? And now I know that you could get beyond that and, you know, there's other ways and using strength. But see, today, the world, the culture in which we live, it's very open to this. People become very sexually active, very young, and there are many nasty, nasty people that are engaging in sexual immorality. And mom tells her son, don't do that. Number two. We want to hear what number two is. Nobody. Okay, well, we hear it anyways. Warning against alcohol. So she tells her son, don't give your strength to women. And then number two, in verse four, it says, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Just read, alcohol companies make $17.5 a year off underage drinking while prevent, uh, prevention efforts are starved for cash. Meaning, there's not too many people that are actually trying to stand in the way of underage drinking. Alcohol is still the most commonly used drug amongst high school students. According to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, every year approximately 3,500 people under 21 die because 
of alcohol use. I have read just here in Yucca Valley in the last two years numbers of underage people that have died because of this exact issue. But I mean, that's not what the world says. This mom is speaking these words to her son because she loves him. She knows that him being a king and having wealth and having possessions and having to engage with other kings and other kingdoms and other people of influence, that alcohol is always a part of the social life in the world today. It's almost as if people cannot have a good time unless alcohol is involved. And she cares more about him and his future than any other human being. Mom is telling her son because she loves him. Not because she has motives and not because she's, you know, trying to take away from the alcohol companies and she's on this, uh, you know. No, she cares for her son. She loves her son. And she says, son, I can give you the very best, uh, very best advice, number two. Alcohol. Stay away. And these are not words of an alcoholic who's telling her, son, don't drink. These are most probably the words of a virtuous woman that's telling her son, do not drink. You know, it becomes very hard to tell your children to not do things that you yourself are doing. And so a godly mother can tell her son, say, son, you shall not do this. This is not going to help you. And the very fact that we're reading Psalms 31, it doesn't say it was written by King Lemuel's mother. It says it was given to King Lemuel by his mother. In other words, King Lemuel wrote these words down because he received the instruction that his mother gave him. That's what makes us truly powerful. So I want to close and look at a mother's influence very briefly. See, literally, this word utterance that we're reading in the beginning of our text, the utterance which his mother taught him, this can also be translated as prophecy. Here is a mother of a king that cares not only for her son, but for the kingdom. This is much larger than just her loving her son and caring. No doubt she loves her son. She cares about him. She's very much involved in his life and in his future, wants to see the best for him. But how many know her thought for him is bigger than that? It's not just him. Her thought is for the entire kingdom. These are not the words of selfish interest. I just want my son to be the best and better than anybody else so that I can receive the glory. That's not what this is about. These are the words of a prophecy and a vision for the future of a kingdom very similar to that of Hannah, Samuel's mother, who prays and asks God for a son. And God gives her a prophet, Prophet Samuel, who brings tremendous change. The nation of Israel. So we have these words recorded for us in Scripture because a mother was successful in her lifelong conversation with her son. You know, many of the words that I've gotten from my mother, I've already gotten. You know, it becomes, I'm still willing to listen. I still hear what she has to say. But much of her time of giving me those words were in the early years. Doesn't mean I won't listen to her and don't have, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say, but you know, I'm a man now, right? 
I don't know how this sermon's going, but I'm just going to preach it. I'm a man now. You know, so a mom comes in and starts telling me what to do. It's going to be pretty hard for her to get her way with me. It's just not going to happen. I'm a man. I got my family. I got my own kids. You know, thanks, mom. Appreciate it. I'll think about it. I'm not being rude to her. I love her, right? But I mean, she had tremendous influence in the early days of my life. And even then, when it was like she would tell me something and I didn't like it, right, because I was kind of rebellious, I would still have to listen. And my dad enforced it. said, you better listen to your mom. <laughs> See, those words carry influence. We have these words today because this king says, what mom told me when I was a child is worthy for other men to hear. What my mom told me, I'm going to tell. And here we are, Proverbs 31. How many sermons have been preached? How many lives have been held? How much influence has been carried forth through Proverbs 31? One of the most famous Proverbs in all of the book. The reason we have this proverb, King Lemuel received these words and spoke them that you and I might also be recipients of this conversation. In other words, he opened us up into his conversation with his mom. See, I believe the enemy tries to disrupt these conversations, doesn't want these conversations to happen. Tries to discourage these talks. Tries to damage the dignity of motherhood. Tries to make mothers out to be, you know, this, uh, you know, uh, uh, useless position in life. Can I tell you, one of the greatest jobs in all of life is being a mother. Being at home for your children, raising your children, teaching them in the ways of God. I will always preach till the day I die the dignity of a mother. Because it is one of the most crucial places and positions of influence. You know, this whole career move and, you know, we want the career, we want this, we want, you know, we want the high chair, we want to be the president of the company. That's all great. It has a place for some women. But don't think that that place has more influence than raising godly children. Absolutely not. I better end this sermon. Amen. So what's the power of conversation or what's happening here? You may not ever be able to measure the power of your influence as a mom. You may not even see it in your entire life. Very, I doubt that Keen Lemuel, we don't even have her name. We don't even know what her name is. I doubt that Keen Lemuel's mother ever thought that May 2022, a sermon would be pre-preached about the conversation that this mother had with her son. Does she ever consider the impact, the amount of impact this conversation with their son would have upon the centuries to come, the sermons and the pastors that would preach and the pulpits and the young ladies that would read the scripture of Proverbs 31 and say, you know what, I desire to be a virtuous woman. I desire all of these things to have these conversations to pray that God gives wisdom. He will give you words and words that carry power and influence. Never underestimate the influence of a virtuous mother. Let's bow our heads this morning. Mother to son conversation.
thought it was profound in studying this. You know, wisdom is often spoken as her. Book of Proverbs, I'm opening the fear of the Lord, ending this picture of a virtuous woman. And yet it's a conversation between a mother and her son. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed today, I want to give the invitation.